Welcome to MX Matters, where we discuss all things media experience and the trends that are shaping today's visual economy. My name is Sam Brace, and I am the Director of Customer Education for Cloudinary. And in this episode, we are going to be focusing on the command line. We're going to be talking with Mickey, who has been with us on previous episodes, and discussing Cloudinary's command line interface, also known as a CLI and focusing on the ways how developers can now not just be working with our APIs, but also use our CLI to do amazing things with their images and videos that they need to deploy for sites and apps that they're working on. Whether it's uploading, managing, transforming, or delivering those files, all of it can be done with a command line. And we'll dive into all those details on why we built it and how to use it with Mickey. In this episode, we also are going to be talking with the team over at Netlify and focusing on their command line interface as well. So that way we can understand why they decided to make that investment in building a CLI just like Cloudinary did. And maybe some of the similarities and differences between the reasonings and also the use cases. Overall, this is definitely a trend where we're seeing more and more companies, especially companies that have a large developer audience, they're focusing on doing things command line, but they're definitely not abandoning their APIs or their user interfaces either. So this is something to keep the pulse of and understand better why this is taking place. So Without further ado, let's have you hear from the Netlify team and the Cloudinary product team, and then I'll join you again at the very end for some key takeaways and some show notes. Arez, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sam. I'm really excited to have you here because one of the things that I really love about Netlify, I mean, there's a long list of things that we like <laughs> about Netlify over at Cloudinary, but one of the things that I particularly like about Netlify is that you have a CLI. And in my opinion, talking with developers that utilize Cloudinary, developers internally that work for Cloudinary, they like Netlify's CLI too. And so I wanted to come in and just talk to you more about why it was developed, what was the overall goal for this, so that way we can better understand why CLIs are probably something that's important for developers to be utilizing when they're working with companies like Netlify, like Cloudinary, even AWS. I think when you have a company that's targeting developers, having a CLI, it's not a choice. You must have it. It's just how that CLI looks like, right? And what's the way you distribute it? And what's the experience when developers need to install it or interact with it? Because you, you need a CLI if you want to automate stuff, which is something developers should be doing and hopefully love doing. And so it's not about why did we invest in a CLI? It's like, of course, we're going to have a CLI because that's like a major entry point for developers into the platform. And it's, it's a good point that you're making because a lot of times, at least when I've seen people approach Netlify, also sometimes with way Cloudinary is, is where they kind of go at it with GUI first. Like they're used to user interfaces or used to be able to fill out certain things with forms and drop down fields. So when you're saying like, well, it's a must, it's something that we just naturally had to have. Why is that? Why do you feel like you need to have, you know, GUI based interactions with what Netlify provides, but also this CLI approach as well? Yeah, I think it's true that we have like the, the, the Netlify UI, like the first time I used it, like it's easy, like it, that's amazing, right? But 
when you have more than a few sites and you want to automate stuff, it's very hard to do that just with the UI. If you want to deploy via the CLI or you're using a GitHub action and you, you want to further customize your flows, like it's very hard to do that just with the UI. And so it allows you just to automate a huge chunk of your work. So you have this entry point of this very slick UI, but when you have more than a few sites, like it's very hard to scale that just with using the UI. You mentioned AWS, so like you have to have that tool for developers if you want to make the developers like streamlined. Well, yeah, and, and you're making a really good point because you, we have seen this, of course, when you're trying to do things across multiple accounts. In your case, you're saying multiple sites. To be able to streamline things, if you're doing this with a GUI-based system, you're kind of having to log in, log out, like or go between yeah. different areas. The CLI, you can script this. You can make this a lot more easy to use. So I definitely agree. And I think it's where, at least in our experience with Cloudinary, we see developers that have inclination to use one or the other on their preferences or maybe even their comfortability with it. I mean, I think sadly, some developers come in and they're kind of scared of doing things from the command line. They look at a bash terminal and we're like, what do I do? And, yeah. but it's also where I think being able to provide tools like this for those that are more advanced or, you know, think command line first, it, it makes sure that everybody has that entry point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think like that fear of, uh, bash commands. I think that maybe due to past experience with not so good tools, if you provide a great experience and a bash command uh, or in a CLI, hopefully that changes like the ecosystem of people uh, being afraid of using the command line. So I think you should have both. You should have like a very good uh, UI as an entry point. Also, if, some, if people want to use that as a main tool for interacting with a platform, that's perfectly good. But you should have both because developers, they use both. You need to have that for them to have the best experience with all the different entry points you have to your platform. And one thing that's interesting that we're seeing, I wanted to see if you were experiencing this at all at Netlify. People that they, they don't write code, they don't edit code, they might know a little bit of HTML and CSS because they have to do work with the web, but for the most part, they don't see themselves as a, de a developer. But we are seeing them starting to utilize the CLI in those cases. So it's not where we're using our full API, we're not building developer environments, but they are still using it because they know the power of a command line. Yeah. Are you seeing that type of person also when you're working with Netlify? Netlify is pushing the Git work workflow that yeah, triggers a change and then it triggers a deploy. I'm seeing like uh, more people having a GitHub account now. Even mm -hmm. if you work in uh, marketing or sales, like they all have a GitHub account. And some of them, they edit content directly on GitHub. Some of them use something that wraps GitHub like a CMS. But we do see usually non-developers using for tools just because developer tools are becoming uh, much better. And I think... You know, when you think about bash, usually you think like you write some command and then it throws like this very ugly error at you and you, you don't, don't know what to do. So if we improve that and there's like a call to action or like trying to map out different use cases, the same way you map out like different use cases in a UI. If you design a UI, you have like flow charts of what the user goes through. So having that same experience in a CLI, that's like, that, that helps of getting more people into that. I completely agree. And it definitely is where I think you, you touch on a really good point is that even people that see themselves as non-developers, <laughs> they're getting into the dev tools yeah. nowadays. I, I'm amazed at how many people feel confident just going into inspecting code and using the dev tools in Chrome. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see a lot of yeah. people in marketing yeah. and sales roles doing that five, seven years ago, but we're seeing more and more people getting comfortable with 
the way that yeah. the web is built. And we have to be able to accommodate all of that. Yeah, now, it's, it's tech element is a tool that everybody uses now. So. Now, about your CLI specifically, are there any specific workflows that you're saying like this has really helped our users accommodate it? I know we focus on automation a little bit, but like when it comes to your CLI, like what are you finding that people are just able to do much more simply, much more cleanly than maybe what you hadn't provided before the CLI was developed? Well, I think definitely the Netlify dev command, which just wraps your static site generators and provide you like a complete development environment with uh, support to all the Netlify features like redirects and functions. You can debug functions locally. You can see how redirects work, how headers files work. And that saves like a ton of time for the developers just being able to do that locally. So that's one workflow that's super useful. Super, it's used a lot when people have uh, their own workflows they need. They want to use GitHub Actions and they want to deploy for GitHub Actions. Or maybe they have that system already in place and they want to host on Netlify and they don't know what change their entire flow. So using the Netlify deploy command, also very useful for our users and allows them to be like very flexible flexible with how they deploy. I, I agree with that. And I think that's where, I mean, redirects alone. <laughs> I can see why yeah. that could be a really helpful yeah. tool to be able to handle all that very quickly through simple commands. So yeah, everything you said there, I was like, yep, that makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. So <laughs> excellent. Now, one thing that I loved about what you guys did, and it's something that we actually didn't do with our CLI, but I'd love to find out more about what the decision was for this, is that when you have to work with our CLI, you have to install Python onto the machine. When you're installing your CLI, you're using Node. And as someone, personally, I'm a JavaScript kind of guy. I like working with JavaScript. Also, I think both of our companies are very tied to Jamstack development and the trend that's happening with that. Is that some of the reasoning that you chose to work with Node as the base language for the CLI? Or is, what other reasons might there be? Yeah, that's a very good question. Actually, I'm working on the CLI, I think, less than a year. I think. Most of the great stuff that uh, went into the CLI, I owe it to great people before me. But for that specific question, the first iteration was in Node, and then we had a Go version, and now we're back in Node. And it's based on Oakleaf, which is a CLI framework. And I think, you know, there's a lot of consideration into that. Is when we had the Go version, all you need to do uh, is just download this binary, and you can run it, and you didn't have any dependencies, which is very useful. But with uh, Node.js and, and NPM ecosystem, it's much more familiar to JavaScript developers, right? So you have to think about your users, what's going to be uh, familiar for them. And also you have to think about it's this balance between like innovation and familiarity with uh, existing concepts. So we could write a CLI in Rust and it's going to be, I don't know, super fast. And like we can use any kind of language <laughs> if we have, we're targeting mostly JavaScript developers, we want it to be familiar for them and also like lower the barrier of entry. So they're used to that. And also it depends partly on the team, right? The team that's working around the CLI, who's driving that. And I think the choice specifically for, for Node.js and also specifically for the Oakleaf framework, uh, that's the, the, one of the biggest advantages of that framework that it's pluggable. The contributor can write a plugin for the CLI and our users can benefit for that. We actually had a very recent PR to the CLI that adds a shell completion. So if you write like Netlify and tab, it just shows you the command and you can 
we had auto completion for the CLI commands. And we just got a community contribution for that. If we haven't chosen Node for that or chosen Go, I think it would be much harder uh, to do. You're making so many good points. <laughs> I'm yeah. loving a lot of what decisions that you're making because I think open source contributions are essential for a lot of the things that we're building. So I love the fact that you guys did that, but I definitely agree that you need to have a language that's you know widely adopted. And as we know, Node, JavaScript, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that know it. So you're going to get a lot more opportunity for contributions that way. So I think that's smart. Whoever made those choices even before you came on board helped yeah, you yeah. keep that path going, which is a good thing. Now, one thing that I did want to ask you about, because this is something that we have done with our CLI, is that because of the ability just to run commands, like running like help as an example, and being able to get a list of commands that are possible based on what you're trying to do, we also have it where it easily can develop some wrappers for some of the widgets that we have in a way that just isn't possible with the way that our APIs are set up in yeah. the way it is. Do you have anything like that where it's almost like these like little hidden gems that are kind of tucked away in the CLI, things that maybe just aren't possible with the API or may not be readily shown in the GUI or anything like that? Yeah, well, actually, the, we have like a large media support, which is basically a Git LFS support for Netlify. And that service is only, like, you can only enable that service via the CLI. So that's a workflow you can only use in the CLI. It's just like uh, the flex flexibility that people can just script a lot of stuff around it. We have an API command for the CLI and just exposes all the uh, different API endpoints we have. And you can very easily skip around that. You don't have to write your own API calls. One of the questions that I do want to ask you is dealing with just adoption of the CLI. Because as we said, we're seeing lots of different audiences. It sounds like in both our companies looking at the CLI as a way to do quick tasks, be able to automate things. Let's say that we're talking about somebody though that maybe has never really done a lot of work with a command line. Maybe someone, as we're saying, that is not necessarily seeing themselves as a developer, but they want to be able to get their feet wet when it comes to working with something like this. Is there any like best practices, any recommendations you have for people that are just trying to know how to best work with the command line? I, I think documentation is a huge part of it. We have a reference doc with the CLI, which is like, just lets you know what, what the commands are and like what are the different flags, but the official uh, Netlify documentations for the CLI are more like use cases and like how to use the CLI to do this, you know, and how to use the CLI to do that. So I think having good documentation that guides you like how to achieve a specific task with the CLI and shows you the benefit of just, you know, you, you do it once and then you can use that piece of code to repeat it without like repeating the same work you've done. I think having that documentation of uh, workflows and common use cases, that's like super important, right? As a developer, when you go through a doc and then you follow the steps and it works the first time and you get this like, ah, feeling and ah <laughs> moments, like that's very important. It really is. I, I mean, as somebody that works very closely with our documentation team, I completely agree, <laughs> but it definitely yeah. is where you want to have that really good first impression. And if it happens with the CLI where it's just, you know, a simple installation with your node and making sure that you got everything going like you have in your case, I mean, you should be off to the races. And I think that's yeah. kind of how we've definitely seen it with our CLI too, is that, you know, with a simple install and making sure you have your config the right way, then they're able to be very actionable very quickly. And yeah. 
that's not the same as necessarily as you would always get with the API, right? Because with an API situation, you're asking them, especially with server-side languages, you're asking them to do something where they have to set up certain things properly. They have to have made sure they're installing all the right packages and all that. The CLI being more lightweight, I think just gets people actionable faster. So I agree. And I think it's good that documentation can be a driver of that, right? The way you expose it, that's like super, of course it has to work. No, it has to do the things <laughs> it's supposed to do. Uh, but the way you, you expose it and how you communicate it, that's, that's very important. Well, Rez, this has been fantastic. So thank you again for meeting with me and adding a little more context about, you know, why ultimately companies that have robust APIs, robust GUIs, why we also might have CLIs too. So thank you again. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Mickey, so we talked a lot earlier about SDKs. This isn't necessarily exactly the same as a lot of the things that we're doing with this V1 to V2 side of things, but this is definitely something that I think we're going to be so excited to have as people that work on developed environments because now you can start doing things with Cloudinary from the command line, which is pretty exciting. So Mickey, good job with your team and all the work that was put into this effort. So just like you said, CLI, very exciting, very big news. For those of you that are less familiar with the CLI concept, so basically this is a wrapper around one of our SDKs, which in our case, it's Python SDK. It's very easy to use. It can use by non-developers addressing less technical users, no need to set up any developer environment. All you need to do is just configuring your API environment variable. You install Python, you install the CLI package, and that's it. You're up and running. Which is incredible. and. One thing that I think is great about this is, as you're saying, it's very simple to install and get this going. And that really ties back to how we're seeing a lot of developers utilizing the CLI, is that rather than having to do basic commands like upload or if they need to quickly add a tag to an image, rather than having to go and develop a script for that inside of their development environment or even set up a development environment, this is where they can ultimately just pop open their terminal, open up their command line, and be able to just quickly run commands. So that way they can do quick, fast work without having to do any upkeep. One thing that I've definitely seen internally is that our support team, when they're answering questions, they have to do something quick. They don't have to go and set up all of this work in certain environments and whatnot, unless the ticket, of course, is tied to it. But it's a way for our team to be able to do quick things for our various audiences, our customers, our partners, and a very lightweight way. Exactly. So you don't need to set up an environment and going through the UI, it takes a bit longer because it's going one by one. It's moving, it's uploading things. Here you have a CLI, just run some commands, very basic, very simple, and you can do whatever you want, upload manage, manipulate, deliver everything through your command line. 
And I think you made a really good point there, Mickey, because you were saying like, if you are doing things with our user interface, it's wonderful. And that's typically where you're seeing a lot of people that are going to be marketers or creative staff people or e-commerce managers, ultimately people that aren't living in a development environment, like some of the software engineers and architects that we work with. But What's great about that is that there are going to be times where they can see like, okay, if I want to get this thing done, I could potentially get it done faster than trying to find the button for it or find the field for it within the UI of the dam. Maybe I can technically do this faster with my command line. Or frankly, there are definitely some audiences where they just want to start getting into things and doing things more programmatically. And they're maybe a little bit scared, a little bit apprehensive to be able to set up things and have to learn Node or Python or other the languages, this allows for them to do this in a very lightweight way where if they just need to get this done quickly, but they don't need to have all of that knowledge, then this allows that to get done. So we're definitely seeing people that consider them to be damn users like marketing and creative that are starting to use that CLI for those things that they may have ultimately had to ask a developer to do in the past. Yeah, this goes continuously to what we discussed around the new V2 SDKs. This is taking your experience, taking your time, making everything much more quicker, quicker to onboard, quicker to go to production. Do exactly the same, just in a more programmatic way, like you said, and get up and running quicker. Let's show them how to do this now that we can see that we're saying it's easy. So let's show them how easy this ultimately is. So what you're gonna see that I'm pulling up is this is a service called Repolit. So repl.it. And what's wonderful about Repolit is that this allows for us to take this nice readme that's been developed on how to use the CLI, but then I also have this interactive Python terminal that's gonna allow me to show everything. But as you can see, if I go and pull this open, I'm pulling this from Chrome. So I'm doing this technically all through the browser, which once again, just shows how easy this is all to be able to go and set up. So when you're doing this locally with your own command line interface, with your own terminal, this can be done exactly the same way that me and Mickey are showing in this way. But in this case, because we're using a Python terminal, you can see we've already fulfilled the first step of installing Python. And then all I have to now go and do is run this command to install the Cloudinary package that we're going to be using for our CLI. So we're going to go and put this in and then run this install. And you should see that it's going to go through and put everything in that we need to go and collect. And now that you can see that it's gone and successfully built the CLI in this way and it's collecting all the packages that are needed, then all we have to now go and do is apply our Cloudinary credentials so that way we can start telling Cloudinary that this is the right account and all of that's associated with it. So all you would have to then go and do is go over to your management console, also typically known as the home screen of the dam. And this is where we just need to go and copy our API environment variable that's gonna include our cloud name, API key, and API secret all in one line. So I'm going to go and copy that to the clipboard in this way. And as you can see, that's fulfilling all of the steps that are shown here with this readme. So now all I need to go and do is run export. I'm on a Mac, so I'm running export. If you were running this on PC, you would say set instead of that because of it being a PowerShell type of action. And I'm just going to go through and then place my full environment variable in this way and hit return. 
And now all I have to do is make sure that I'm calling config to bring all of those details to the CLI. So I'm just going to run command CLD config and all of my details are there. So at this point, now I'm off to the races. I can actually start going and uploading files very, very easily in this way. So you'll notice that in this REPLit, we have a few different examples of images that I can start bringing through. I'm gonna go through and bring over one of these ones that's called wineandmelons.jpg. So I'm just gonna do a simple CLD upload, wineandmelons.jpg and attempt to do the upload. And now you can see I get a nice JSON right from within here. And if I take a look at any of the URLs that are coming through, you'll see that I did upload it. And if I show my toolbar on the screen, you'll notice that I was able to upload everything from the CLI directly into my system. And once again, this is showing actions that normally would have taken a little bit of work to be able to make sure that you're acquiring certain packages. If you're doing like a Node.js type of setup, it's going to be situations where you would have had to do some type of script development. Now it's simple, easy commands. And you're and getting exactly the same response as you would get if you do it via the ID, just like you showed, it took you no time, no need to set up the ID no need to bring the relevant packages, just run CLD upload with the public ID and it's up. Exactly, exactly. And what's also wonderful about this is that we showed a very basic example just for the sake of time. But this is where you'll see that taking a look at the readme file that I have here, there's lots of ways that I could start doing management through this too. So if I said I wanted to look at reviewing my resources from this list to see what's available and what's been uploaded at certain times, or if I need to do basic renaming of files. Those are very common actions that you'll see people having to take. So if I were to go through and say admin resources on my account, you'll notice that this is going to be bringing through the last 10 images that I've gone and uploaded right from here. And I can start taking a look at any of these in this way. So extremely helpful tool to keep you as fast paced as possible, whether you are a developer or once again, you're wanting to start doing things a little bit more programmatically. Now, Mickey, now that we've shown them a taste of how this is possible, where do you recommend that they go? I can see here that we've got documentation, we've got blog posts, but ultimately what do you feel is the first big step that they should take? Yeah, so probably if you're interested to get up and running with this, you should probably take a brief look at the documentation, see the CLI cover there, and then the best and easiest way, go to our academy course, do it. It's very intuitive, very explanatory. After that course, you would be able to do whatever you can imagine using Cloudinary and using specifically the CLI. I completely agree. And it's definitely a case where... As we continue, once again, we showed when Mickey was talking about V2 SDKs, we're constantly changing, we're constantly iterating, we're constantly enhancing from the product team side of the house. So if there are things that you want the CLI to do that you can't see available in the documentation or the training courses or the blog posts, ultimately, when you're working this, you wish it could do X, Y, or Z, let us know.
That means go to the product board, go to make sure that you're talking with your support team, with your customer success manager, if you have one, and making sure that they know what we need to be doing to make your life easier. Even though I feel like we did a very good job with that, it is something where we can continue making your life a lot easier. And hopefully this iteration of the CLI will do that. Yeah, so we're constantly trying to improve. If you use it, you see that you have something that is missing and you think can make your life much easier, let us know, address our support, leave us a message, we'll look into it, we'll prioritize it, and we'll make it happen for you. Wonderful. Mickey, thank you again for appearing here again. And of course, we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you, Sam. It was great being here. As you can see, command line interfaces are pretty fabulous. And I'm really, really happy that Cloudinary, Netlify, even companies that we didn't focus on in this episode, like Amazon Web Services and GitHub, they have amazing CLIs, and it is making it easier to use all of those various companies and the products that they have because of that CLI and being able to do things command line. So take the time to learn more and get comfortable using the command line because this is definitely a trend that is not going away. Now, if you've made it to the end of this episode, thank you. And because of that, we want to thank you for watching and listening to our content. So share this content on social media. And if you do so, whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or somewhere else, send us a note that you did so. You can just simply send an email to support at cloudinary.com. Our team will take a look, and if you shared it, we'll increase your Cloudinary plan credit by one credit, which will give you a little bit more wiggle room for bandwidth and storage and transformations. And of course, wherever you are watching or listening, whether that's on YouTube or the Cloudinary Academy or LinkedIn or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we are in a lot of places, but wherever you are, make sure that you are liking and subscribing so you are always notified when new MX Matters episodes come out. And we'll see you again for the next episode where we address all things media experience and the trends that are shaping today's visual economy. See you then.